Now today, I'm starting a new series entitled Resetting Family Rhythms. Resetting Family Rhythms. And the truth is, every, every time a new year comes around, we get the opportunity to reset our rhythms. We get a chance to reset our rhythms. And in fact, all of us, we all have rhythms. All of us, if we're in a family, we have rhythms. You know, uh, what time you go to bed, what time you wake up, what time dinner's at, uh, what route you take to school or to work, even where you sit in church, the seat that you sit in. I know some of you, you come early just because you want to sit in the very same spot. All of us, we have rhythms. But I want to invite you. In fact, I want to challenge you that in the next couple of weeks that you would be intentional about resetting your family rhythms because I've discovered in my life that unexamined rhythms can become ruts. Unexamined rhythms can be ruts and they can keep you from advancing onto the path that God has. In fact, I was thinking about this this week that imagine for a moment, parents, if your kids were in charge of the family rhythm. So imagine, imagine, this is what I came up with. If kids had their way, they'd go to school three days a week, stay up late as late as they can, and eat Takis for every meal. If middle schoolers had, had it their way, they would drink energy drinks all day long. They would never have to watch their kid brother or sister. And they could have the latest phone. If high schoolers had their way, they would have all the money they can spend. They'd have a car. And they would have no curfew. Well, I'm here to tell you, kids and students, that's probably not going to happen, okay? It's not going to happen. But what I can tell you, what is possible, what can happen, is that if we as families decide to reset our family rhythms, we can get ourselves on a trajectory, get ourselves on a path so that we can advance. And so I want to encourage you to begin to reset your rhythms around God. Be willing to reset your rhythms around faith. Identify faith rhythms that you can incorporate. And in this series, we're going to be talking about different faith rhythms we want you to participate in. Prayer, fasting, worship, and pursuing the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to be focusing on prayer and fasting. You know, I think prayer is so very important. Sometimes we underestimate the power of prayer. We forget that, that, that prayer can move us forward. And as I was looking at the pre-service announcement, when, when we were doing that video, I began to notice that many of you struggle with some things. You worry, you have anxiety, you're nervous sometimes. But I want to remind you that Jesus is always at the center. Jesus is always at the center, and he wants to be at the center of your life because he wants to help you. In fact, he wants to give you power. And so today I want to talk about how prayer gives us power. I want you to say it with me. Prayer gives us power. Now turn to somebody and say, prayer gives us power. Yes, prayer, it gives us power. It gives us the ability, the power to be able to move forward in our life. In fact, today I want to talk about a king in the Old Testament. He was the king of Judah, and he was facing a difficult situation. He was facing a difficult situation. He got a report that there were four countries, four kingdoms coming against his kingdom. And his name was King Jehoshaphat. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I read that, it makes me kind of chuckle because that's kind of a funny name. But what I'll tell you is this, is that God still had a purpose for him. 
Doesn't matter what your circumstance is. Doesn't matter your situation is. God wants to give you power. Doesn't matter if you're the smallest in your family or you're about to step into college. God has a plan for you. He wants to move you forward. And so today I want to talk to you about this story. So I want to invite you to join me in 2 Chronicles 20. I'm going to be reading out of the message version. And so if you have a Bible or you have the Bible app or you have the Westover app, feel free to open it up. We're going to look at the story of King Jehoshaphat. And we're going to start with verse 3. And here's where we pick up the story. King Jehoshaphat has just gotten a report that these four nations are coming against his nation, and he is worried. Look at verse 3. It starts off by telling us that he is shaken. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes life shakes me. And I need to find something to do when life shakes me. And what King Jehoshaphat does is perfect. It's the thing we need to do. Jehoshaphat prayed. He went to God for help and ordered a nationwide fast. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you what fasting is all about. The country of Judah united in seeking God's help. They came from all the cities of Judah to pray to God. And everyone in Judah was there. Little children, wives, sons, the fathers, the husbands, the grandparents, all present and attentive to God. Verse 14 says this, Then Jehaziel was moved by the Spirit of God to speak from the midst of the congregation. He said, Attention, everyone, all of you from out of town, all of you from Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, here is God's word. Now here's what I want to tell you. Anytime you see this in the Bible, what follows after someone saying this, what that means is that that word is true for you as well. So God said this to those folks back then when they were in trouble, and God is saying the same thing to us today. So listen to what God is saying to us today. Attention, everyone. This is what he says. Don't be afraid. Don't pay any mind to this vandal horde. This is God's war, not yours. I want to remind you, this is God's war. It's not yours. Tomorrow you will go after them. You won't have to lift a hand in this battle. Just stand firm. Judah and Jerusalem, and watch God's saving work for you take shape. Don't be afraid. Don't waver. March out boldly tomorrow because God is with you. And so I want to just encourage you to know that, that prayer, it has power for our lives and that it can move us forward even when things get difficult. And I want to tell you how the story ends. So the nation of Israel, they, the nation of Judah, they prayed and guess what happened? The very next day, God went out ahead of them. He confused the enemy. They started attacking one another. And the, the kingdom of Judah, they won. But more importantly, God won. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. That God won the victory. He was the one that won the victory for them. Now, some of you may be saying, but pastor, you don't know my situation. I know it's great. He, he helped them out. But I'm really struggling right now. In fact, I'm having a really hard time with my friends. I'm having a really hard time at school. I'm even having a really hard time with my parents. I feel powerless. Well, today I want to share with you a couple things that you can do when you feel powerless. Number one, when you need power, pray and fast. This is what Jehoshaphat did. He prayed and then he went to God and said, I need your help. And then he called everyone together to fast, and they all came together to pray to God. Now, I'll just tell you this. When I was growing up, I heard people pray really long, really, really long, and use a lot of big words. But now, as an adult, I've discovered that prayer 
is really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Sometimes we make prayer very complicated. We think we have to use big words. We have to pray a long time. No, prayer is simply this. It's talking to God. Now let me help you understand how you can talk to God. I have a question for you. How do you talk to your best friend? What do you talk about? If you have a best friend, you probably talk to them all the time and you tell them everything. You tell them what you did during the week. You tell them your struggles and your secrets. You tell them that your brother and your sister, they annoy you, and that your parents are overbearing and they just don't understand, and you even tell them who your secret crush is. You tell your best friend absolutely everything, and God is the same way. You can tell him everything. And the reason why you can tell him everything is because he already knows everything. But the reason why we talk to him, the reason why we pray to him is so that we can be connected to him. So that then he can help us. God can't answer prayers unless we pray them. God can't answer prayers unless we pray them. We need to be willing to pray. And I'll just tell you this. Prayer gives us power because God is power. If you want power, pray to him, and he will give you the power to work through the struggles of life. Fasting is the second way to get power. And fasting is simply this. It's saying no to something you like a whole lot to say yes to God. Here's my question. What would you give up for something that you really want and need? What would you give up? What would you be willing to give up? Now, to illustrate this, I have a question for you. How many of you would like AirPods? Yeah, there's a number of you, right? Well, sorry, I don't have any AirPods for you. But just imagine for a moment that you want AirPods, right? And you go to your parents and you tell them, I want AirPods. And they say, you know what? If you want AirPods, you need to raise the money to buy them. What would you be willing to give up so that you could buy that? What little things would you be willing to give up so that you could have that bigger thing, that better thing? I think for some of you, you'd have to stop buying Gatorades and Powerades and energy drinks at the corner store. You'd have to stop buying in-app purchases, buying little packages so that you can continue to play your game. You'd have to stop buying cheese fries or, or anything else that you buy during lunch at school. You'd have to say no to some things so that you could say yes to the right thing. Fasting works the same way. We're willing to say no to the things that we want so that we can get the thing that we really need, which is God's power. And the way I actually think about it, for me, fasting, is I say no to the things I want to say yes to the person that I need. I say no to the things that I like to say yes to the person that I love, who is God. And that's what fasting is. It's being willing to say no to those things. And so today I want to give you some ways that you can fast. And in fact, I want to challenge you all as families over the next couple of weeks to decide one or two things that you're going to fast. And so here are some things that you can fast. Now, I know I've, I've broken them out into different categories, but what I want to say to you is that for some of you parents, some of the things on the list for kids and adolescents, for students, are things that you probably need to give up too. Kids, I want to challenge you to give up candy and chocolate and video games, give up TV, and even YouTube. Find one thing in that category that you can give up. Students, it may be junk food or energy drinks or social media or secular music or TV or movies. 
For adults, it might be giving up food or, or watching the news or playing online games or being on social media. Kids and students are watching you be on social media. Maybe you need to give that up. But what we're doing is we're saying no to something so that we can say yes to something better. And another way to understand fasting is fasting, it actually helps us focus on God. Fasting helps us focus on God. Just imagine for a moment that fasting is kind of like putting your phone on do not disturb or airplane mode so you don't get any notifications. Fasting does that for us. When we fast, we are silencing the distractions of life so that we can hear God, so that he can connect to us, so that we can focus on him and his plan for us. And speaking of phones, I just want to make mention for those of you that have the Westover app, we actually have some questions that we want you to discuss as a family together. And so if you are here, kids and students, can you encourage your parents to talk with you about these questions? Can I get some help? Yes? Will you help me out? I'm going to ask again. Kids and students, will you help me make sure that your parents walk, walk through with you on these questions? Yes, we have them on the Westover app. We'll also have them on social media. You'll be able to use these questions to talk about what are the faith rhythms that you want to create. And so we want to challenge you to do that. And if you are here and maybe you're a young adult or a single adult and you'd, you, you'd say, I don't have any family here, look around to the people right beside you. Those people may be family to you. What I want to encourage you to do is to gather together and talk about these questions together. Be willing to reset your family rhythms with the people that you love. And that might be your actual family, but that might actually be someone who's a friend of yours. The second way to get help when you need power is to believe that God will fight for you. Again, it tells us that Jehaziel, what he did is he went and he said, this is the word of God. Don't be afraid. Don't pay any mind to this vandal horde. This is God's war, not yours. Tomorrow you'll go after them. You won't have to lift a hand in this battle. Just stand firm and watch God's saving work for you take shape. Don't be afraid. Don't waver. Go out boldly tomorrow because God is with you. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself nervous. Sometimes I find myself worrying. Sometimes I find myself stressed out. But I've got to believe that God's going to fight the battle for me. And sometimes what we need to do is we need to believe that God's going to fight the battle for us. Now, some of you are actually facing some difficult situations. I was looking at the video before, and some of you are bullied. Let me ask you this. How many of you know someone who's been bullied before? Yeah, that's most of us. Well, some of us, we're actually bullied. And I want to encourage you, don't fight the battle. I know it's not fair. I know it's not right. But don't go hating on that person. Be willing to take that to prayer. Be willing to ask God to help you, to give you strength. And I just want to encourage you parents, I want to remind you, it's been a long time since you've been a kid or a student, and the challenges your kids and students are facing today are bigger than some of the things that you've ever faced. They're struggling in their mind and in their heart and with their friends and with culture in a really difficult way. And I just want to encourage you parents to come alongside them and encourage them when they're worried and when they're scared and when they're anxious and when they're nervous. Be willing to encourage them and be willing to remind them, number one, that God's going to fight the battle for them. That God's going to be there for them. And number two, be willing to tell them, I'm here for you. I'm in this with you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to motivate you. It's going to be all right. And kids and students, if you're here, 
even if you're a young adult, if you're here and you are being mistreated, if you are facing worry and anxiety, overwhelmed, I want you to find somebody that you love, that, that cares about you, and talk to them. Maybe for you, if you're a kid or a student, talk to a teacher. Talk to your parent. Talk to a mentor. Maybe talk to one of us as pastors. We'd love to encourage you and tell you it's going to be all right. God's going to help you. You can move forward. He's going to fight the battle for you. You just have to stand still and let him do it. But don't stop there. Be willing to march out boldly. So tomorrow, as you step onto a campus, as you step onto your school, as you step out into work, be willing to know that God is going to be with you. He's going to go before you. He's going to be behind you. He's going to be beside you. He's going to be within you. He's going to fill you with his presence so that you can step out and march boldly, knowing that God's got you. I want to challenge you to walk in that boldness. That's exactly what God told the nation of Judah to do. Number three, when you need power, be willing to pray as a family. Be willing to pray together as a family. Verse 13 tells us everyone came together, the little children, wives, sons, everybody present and attentive to God. Now, parents, we are responsible for leading our family in prayer. We need to lead our family into prayer. King Jehoshaphat was like the father of the country, and he led the nation of Judah into prayer. We need to be like him. We need to lead our family into prayer. We need to pray with our kids and pray for them and pray blessings over them. You know, in ancient times, what, what, what parents would do is they would actually pray blessings over their kids, and they would use their hands to pray blessings. In fact, the fathers, what they would do is they would put their hand their right hand on the head of their son, and they would pray blessings over them. And so tonight, what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to pray together as a family. So with that in mind, I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to stand. And here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to invite you to come together as a family and pray. Come together as a family and pray. And what that means is, parents, if you're here and your kids or your students are far away from you, go towards them. Collect them together. And if you'd like, you can bring them up to the altar. We want to create a place and an environment in this church where parents are praying for their kids and their students. So go ahead and move right now. Get out of your seats and move towards your kids and students. And if you're here and you're a young adult or you're a student and and uh, maybe you don't have somebody to pray with, but you came with another student and that student has a family, go jump in with that family. Families, I want to invite you to embrace some other people who may not have family here. They need family and you can be family to them. If you're here and you're a single adult or you don't have anybody, look around. Find somebody who's family to you. And I want to invite you to come up to the front and we're just going to seek the heart of God. We're going to start the year off right. We're going to pursue God. We're going to seek his face. We're going to put our hands over our kids. We need to hug them and embrace them and pray God's blessing over them. And here's what I would offer to you as prayer points. Number one, pray that God's hand of protection would be upon them. That God would protect their mind and their heart. That, that God would then, number two, that he would help them go deeper in their relationship with him. And then number three, pray that 
they would have boldness to step out into the culture, to step out and say yes to God, to be willing to speak the name of Jesus, be willing to speak the name of Jesus to the people who need to know Jesus. We saw up on the video right at the very beginning that many of us, we are heartbroken for people who don't know Jesus. And I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would rise up within us and that we would have courage to be able to pray for them. So as you pray, parents, grandparents, friends, be willing to pray for your friends. Be willing to pray for your family. Be willing to pray for the folks who are far from God. Let's go to the Lord and ask God. Ask God to enlighten us, to give us strength. Let's go to God. God, we come to you. We come as families. And we say, God, we need your help. We can't win the battle without you. We need you to help us. We need you to give us power. We need you to show us what we need to do. God, I pray that right now that as parents and grandparents and friends and family are praying for other people, God, that you would uh, quicken in their heart to pray that God would protect those people. That, God, you would protect those kids and those students as they step out away from the home. God, they, they need to be protected from the enemy. They need to be protected from culture. And I ask, God, that you would shield them with your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray right now as, as these families are praying, God, that you would work in a mighty way. That you would work in a mighty way. That you would take them deeper into your presence. That they would discover that you are great and that you are powerful. And that you have a plan and a purpose for them. And that they can move forward with you. That they don't have to be afraid. That they don't have to be overwhelmed. That they don't have to be insecure. That they don't have to feel left out. Because you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, you know their name. You know their situation. And you're going to help them, God. And then I pray, Lord, that you, through your Holy Spirit, would afford boldness. That you'd give Holy Spirit-inspired boldness to the people who are standing here, God. They need you to empower them through your Holy Spirit. God, we're choosing as a people of God to be like King Jehoshaphat and the king, kingdom of Judah who are willing to say, God, the battle's insurmountable, but we're willing to fast and we're willing to, pray, and we're willing to pray and we're willing to say yes to you because you are good and you are faithful. Empower these families, God. Strengthen them. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless these families. Bless these families, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Help them reset family rhythms. Help them discover you. Can I invite you, those of you who are in the audience, to extend your hands and pray for these families? Can I invite you to participate? They need your prayer. They need your prayer. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Your prayer makes an impact. Your prayer makes an impact. And if you know how to pray in tongues, pray in a spirit language, I want to encourage you. We're spirit-filled believers. I want to encourage you to pray in tongues. Sometimes as parents, sometimes as friends, we don't know what to pray for, but God knows. And when we pray in the spirit, when we pray in the spirit, God can meet them. So I just want to invite you, let's just take a couple more moments and just pray in the Spirit and ask God to move. Pour out your Spirit, God. Pour out your Spirit on these families. 
who are choosing to say yes to you. They're choosing to say yes to you. Work in their Work in their family, work in their work situation, work in their challenges, work in their struggles, God. Meet them right where they're at, God. They need to experience you in a powerful way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. And now I just invite as we close with these prayers just to give God some worship. Be willing to declare how good he is. God, you're good. God, you're faithful. God, you're powerful. God, you're going to help us through. You're going to advance us. You're going to strengthen us. You're going to move us forward. You're going to move us into your future. You promise that we can be bold because you give us power. And so, God, I pray that you would work in a mighty way. We entrust all of this to you. We entrust our family. We entrust our future. We entrust all that we have and all that we are to you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Parents, families, we are so very proud of you for your willingness to come and pray. We want to challenge you to pray together as a family every single day. Find something that you can fast, each one of you, and then make sure to come back next week. We love you, God bless you, and we are dismissed.